Amen. God has done great things. I don't know about you, but when I watch movies or I see something like that and it's pre-COVID, I'm like, why aren't people wearing masks? <laughs> um, but it is good to see so many of you here. It's good to be together. It's good to be celebrating uh, this morning. And um, as a birthday gift... The good news is I will not be speaking for too long this morning. <laughs> I'm going to be brief. But there is a story that has been on my heart for a while. And so I want to just start this morning by sharing this story with you. And hopefully it will also explain what is the reason of this table here before us this morning. So here goes. The day had finally come. The tables were set and the hall could not look more beautiful. Have you ever gone into a wedding celebration or into a birthday celebration and it's just absolutely beautiful? From the candles hanging from the ceiling to the candles and the, and the decoration and the cutlery that was chosen and carefully placed on the tables. I imagine these long, rustic, kind of wooden tables. Our wedding was like that and so I just imagine the best party I've been to. <laughs> And so it's just absolutely beautiful and photo frames are ready to be filled with Polaroid photos of laughter and friendship. The food was starting to make itself known, kind of seeping from the kitchen. The chef had really pulled it off. He had made his best meal yet and he just, he couldn't wait to see the look of satisfaction on the guests' faces when they would taste his meal. And that's when the owner of the house, the one who had prepared all of this, he comes into the hall and he's just overwhelmed with excitement for the banquet that was about to begin. Tears come to his eyes as he starts to imagine the people that are going to walk through those doors and celebrate with him. He had worked so hard to make this happen. Many days and nights of preparation, making sure everything lined up perfectly. And it wasn't cheap either. This party would be absolutely unforgettable, but so would the cost of it. He had put everything into this celebration. And yet, without a shadow of a doubt, no doubt in his mind, he was sure that it was so worth it. Everything he had put into this banquet was so worth it because of the guests that would be coming and enjoying it. And so it was time to let his guests know that the party was ready and they could start making their way in. And so he notifies all of his staff and he says, you know, you can start calling the guests in because the meal is ready. The celebration is ready. Let's get this party started. And so his staff members, they, they go and they look at the guest list and they start calling the guests one by one. And that's when the first guest picks up. The staff member says, okay, my boss told me to let you know that things are ready. And the first guest proceeds to tell him, actually, uh, I'm not going to make it today. <laughs> actually, I, I just bought a new piece of land, and I, I bought it before I've actually even seen it. And so there's some structural decisions I need to make about this land, and I really, it just can't wait. And so, you know, it sounds like a lovely party, but I'll skip this time because um, I have this thing I got to do. And then they call the second guest, and she proceeds to tell the staff member, Oh, 
I forgot that was today. Actually, it sounds like a really lovely celebration. I would love to attend, but I'm not going to make it either because I've just invested in this new equipment for my growing business. And today was the day that I had planned that I was going to start testing it out with my clients and getting some reviews and making sure that the investment that I made was a good one. So, you know, I, I'm not going to make it. And the staff members are getting a little discouraged and wondering, why can't these guests come? And one by one, the guests are turning them down and saying, I'm not going to make it. The third guest that they call, he also says, like the other two, it would be so great to be there. I'm sure it's going to be a lovely time for you all. But actually, I just got married. And, you know, we just, we want to spend some time together and we don't really feel like being too social. And so we're just, we're going to go on a date together and kind of take things on the low. And maybe, maybe another time I'll join you. And so guest by guest, they call, but no one can come. And the staff members, they start making their way to their boss and, and knowing that he will be so disappointed <laughs> To know that after all of that work, after all of that preparation, none of the invited guests want to come. You see, not only that, but their excuses were just lame. <laughs> see, at the back of every excuse is just a lack of desire. And so it's not just that these guests can't come. It's that really they don't want to come. And so they make their way to the boss and as predicted, and with every reason to be so, he is so sad. He's devastated. But he, rather than dwelling in that moment, he quickly proceeds to tell the staff to go out and invite other people. Forget the original guest list and just invite whoever you find that actually wants to come. And you know what? Actually invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. And the staff is a, a bit confused by what he's telling them to do, but, but okay, they do as he says, and soon enough, people start filling this hall, and excitement starts to brew in this celebration. They start taking their seats. The music is in the background. The dance floor is prematurely open because people just can't help but dance a beat on their way to their chairs, and, and this party is started, and that is when we get to verse 22 of Luke chapter 14. It says, Sir... One of the staff members said, what you ordered has been done. We've gone out. We've invited people. But there is still room. There's still some empty seats at the tables. And that's when he says, go out to the highways and the country roads. Tell the people there to come. I want my house to be full. This is a story told by Jesus. In the book of Luke, this is a story of a God who has prepared an incredible gift of salvation for all who will accept it. The Bible says in John 3.16, and if you haven't memorized this verse, then I encourage you to. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever, 
whosoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not have eternity without God, but shall have everlasting life. That means life in all of its abundance. That means life here and now in the purpose that we are meant to step into, but also eternity after this life, after this earth, eternity worshiping God, celebrating who he is forever and ever and ever. This beautiful hall and celebration in this story is an illustration of the kingdom of God, of how Jesus paid a high price. It wasn't a cheap celebration. The kingdom of God and your invitation to step into it was not a cheap thing. Jesus went to the cross. He paid the price of my sin and your sin so that we could come into the holy presence of God. But it turns out that many are just too busy. Instead of surrendering to God and accepting this free gift of salvation that changes us and transforms us, people are just too busy doing their own thing. They prefer to live life focused on the here and now and the temporary things of this life. And so, yeah, they say God may exist and he might even be inviting me into a personal relationship with him. But I just, I have a lot going on right now. I'm, I'm growing my career and maybe I'll go to church every now and then. And, and maybe in my spare time, I might read a few verses, but, but I'm just, I'm growing my family. My kids take up all my attention and my time. And, and I just, God is kind of this abstract thing out there. And I just, I'll look into it later. I'll give him a try later in life. And so they declined the invitation to become Christ followers to step into the identity that they were born for. And not only do they miss the purpose for this life, but they break God's heart. They break the heart of the Father who deeply loves them and has created them for so much more. But here's the good news. The guest list is not exclusive. Can you say that with me? The guest list is not exclusive exclusive. Jesus was telling this story to a group of Pharisees. The Bible says in Luke chapter 14 that he was having dinner with some Pharisees. They were religious leaders at the time. And so as he's telling this story, when he gets to the part of inviting the poor and the crippled and the blind, these are the types of people that the Pharisees considered unclean. These are the types of people that the Pharisees would consider, no, they're not worthy of God. They're not worthy of even coming near the temple. They're not worthy of salvation. They're not worthy of two bits of your attention. They were dirty. They didn't wear the right clothes. They didn't say the right things. And, and how often do we do that in church? We have this picture-perfect idea of who is worthy to walk into our church, whether we say it or not. But we have this idea of the, of the way you need to look and the things you need to say. God forbid that somebody sit at the table and use bad language. God forbid that somebody say, sit at the table and, and, and preach a different doctrine than what I'm used to. And so we, we, 
put people into boxes and we say, we know who is worthy to sit at the table and who is not. We know who Jesus would be willing to save and who he would not. And then Jesus, not only does he try to demystify that, not only does he deconstruct that and say straight away, the guest list is not exclusive. Everyone is welcome into a relationship with me. But he goes a step further. You see, the fact that the master of the parable sends the servants to the highways and the country roads to persuade everyone to come in indicates that the offer of salvation would be extended to the Gentiles. Now remember, he's speaking to to a bunch of Jews and they thought salvation would come, the Messiah would come, but just for the Jews. We are the chosen ones. We are the elite. God forbid that God would save or want to even relate to those other people. And yet Jesus says, go out to the roads and the highways. Go to the alleyways. Go to those clubs and to the bars. Go to the places where prostitutes are. Go to the businesses where there is corruption. Go everywhere and call anyone that you can find because they are welcome here to the ends of the earth. As it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, salvation was not for the select elite. And by extending this invitation, not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, he is fulfilling a prophecy in Hosea chapter 2, verse 23. God says, I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. And so we prepare this table here today as a vivid illustration of how we want to live our faith as a church. Not only have we accepted this beautiful invitation to step into a personal relationship with God, and I could tell you my story of when I first came into the kingdom of God, of when I first encountered Jesus. I could tell you my story of the things of what he's done in my life and how he's changed me and challenged me and continues to shape me. And Reuben could do the same, and I'm sure Jodé and Pedro could do the same, and Hazel could do the same, but we believe That Christianity is not about coming in, taking your seat, and never getting back up again. Christianity is about coming in, knowing that not only do I have a seat, but if there's an empty chair next to me, then I need to get up. I need to go to the alleyways. I need to go to the highways and tell other people, hey, there's a seat at the table with your name on it, and you're invited. Come because Jesus is calling you home. Come because you have a greater purpose in life. Everyone is welcome at the table. And so as we look over the past four years of Riverside, our mission, our sole desire has been to tell everyone, men, women, and children, British, Indian, Nigerian, or Brazilian, or whatever nationality we can find and encounter, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means 
again, will be saved from your sin, will be saved from your transgressions, from your guilt, from your shame, will be saved from your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how you started out. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter what you used to believe. What matters is what God can come and do in your life today. He can make all things new. Will you come and sit at the table that he has prepared for you? Will you come and step into the purpose that he has created you for? Will you come and step into the identity that only he knows is for you? So often, so many people spend their lives thinking, what am I here for? Who am I? What am I supposed to do? Our mission as a church is not to tell you what those answers are. Our mission as the church is to say, hey, come to Jesus. Come sit at his table and he will tell you all of that. He will give you truth and he will show you the way. And he will tell you what life is and what it's meant to be. Our deepest desire is to see people encounter the love of Jesus. As we serve, as we worship, as we do life together, may people see the way that we love one another and identify the love of Christ in us. The love that took Jesus to the cross to die in our place, to pay the price of our sins so that we could have eternity with him. We celebrate when we see the love of Jesus restoring people. Today we're going to have baptisms and, and that is such an important step in a Christian's life. And we celebrate that because it is a vivid action. It is a vivid step. It couldn't be more obvious what Jesus is doing in that person's life that would compel them, that would take them, that would move them to say publicly, I am a follower of Christ and there is no turning back. I have come. I've sat at the table. I have tasted and seen the love of Christ. And this is what I want for the rest of my life. And this is what we celebrate as a church today more than anything we love to see God heal wounded hearts and renew people's strength as they no longer rely on themselves but they rely on Christ alone that is why we do church this is why we have the Lisbon project throughout the week and we work hard to have activities and employment and education and healthcare. Yes, we believe in empowerment, but more than that, we believe in salvation. We believe in a hope that gives us strength, a hope that gives us a reason to live. The whole reason why we do church is so that we may sit at the table, but also show other people to their seat. And the day we stop doing that, the day we stop being intentional about telling others of God's great love for them is the day we stop understanding our privilege. Is the day we stop understanding the immense grace and mercy that we have received. Once we understand that, once we dwell in how good God is to us, we can't help but tell the world about it. We can't help but invite everyone we can to come and taste it too. To come and encounter the love of Jesus too. So who are you in the story? Are you the busy guest with all kinds of excuses not to come to God? 
Are you focused on your everyday and you're, you've got plans, you've got things going on right now, and, and maybe you say, hey, I'll, I'll give God a try later. Is that you this morning? Or are you a guest that came in, you took a seat, and you never got back up to tell others of the most incredible gift you've ever been given? You're enjoying God so much for yourself. You're enjoying being at church. You're enjoying the word of God. And there is a time for that. There is a time to just receive. There is a time to just enjoy God's presence. But there comes a point where you need to get up. If you've really tasted it, if you've really understood how good God is, there comes a time where you need to get back up and go tell other people about it. And be used by God to bring healing and comfort and wisdom and counsel and teaching and leadership in universities and companies. Wherever you are placed by God, there comes a time where you need to start ushering people into their seats. Or are you the servant who will not stop until the house is full? Who will not stop until every tongue confesses that he is Lord until every knee bows before a mighty king. I want this church to be filled with servants. I want this church in the next four years, not only do we thank God for what has been, but as we look to the future, I want Riverside Lisbon to be so intentional in telling others of God's great love for them because that is what will bring change to this city. That is what transforms people's lives. That is what brings healing and renewal to people. It is the love of Jesus. You and I can only do so much. But if we just point people to Jesus, change happens, transformation happens, and renewal happens. Amen? All right. If you will just pray with me this morning, and I'm going to ask whoever's going to sing to come up. I would say the Nigerians, but I don't know if you're all Nigerian who are singing. <laughs> so Shion and Tosin and Mary and whoever's going to join you in green. Give them a round of applause. We're about to be very blessed. But will you bow your heads with me? Dear God, we thank you so much because you have prepared the way for us. We thank you because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. We can now come into your holy presence, your loving presence, and we can find out who we are. We can ask you what our identity is and what our purpose is in this life. And we can be sure that all who call upon your name will be saved and spend eternity forever and ever worshiping your goodness. God, I pray that you will reveal yourself more and more to us and that we will not only receive your love and your goodness and your blessings, but we will overflow into the lives of others who need you so desperately. God, I thank you that you welcome all, all who are broken, all who are sinful, all who society say, says it's a, it's a lost cause, God, you welcome us all. And I pray that you will just fill us, fill this church with a passion for your name and a passion to tell others of your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.